one it's a drunken disorderly podcast and dre just doesn't care about any of us he's like oh fuck it i'm just gonna get out of my seat i, I don't care about my viewers i don't like my friends whatever we get it dre Dre does what she wants, man. We are brought to you by the Launchpad Media. Go to thelaunchpadmedia.com for all of your amazing podcasting needs. Um, normally, I do a longer plug, but we just want to dive right in because we have the best guest in the world. Larry Sharp, how's it going, brother? I am the best guest in the world. I love that. <laughs> you are. So I saw some of your... I watched some old podcasts today that you were on, and... Um, you know, Larry, I've I've heard your backstory before, and it touches me every time I hear it. Oh, honestly. thank you. And then I today I got to hear about how you, your wife, that whole thing, and that was so neat. So thank you for sharing my, that with me. My wife, my whole thing. Tell me what that is. Uh, just um, how you knew her in high school and to... Oh, yes. Amazing. To her, you were some guy. <laughs> That's true. Yes, I was. Yes. <laughs> And then it was like 11 years later, you guys got back in contact. And then just such a, I, I'm a romantic. I'm sorry. I love these uh, stories. I, I actually, uh, I would say it was my longest sales cycle ever. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> How many years to seal that one? About 13. Ooh. Yes. About 13. Uh, so we were talking before the show about, um, John, you remember my fiance, who's obviously a huge fan of yours. I don't know anybody who isn't. Uh, we are getting what well, we have deemed uh, married this weekend. Nice. We, we are getting libertarian married. And uh, in our state, that consists of a cohabitation agreement, a series of wills and trusts and things of that nature. So that, you know, we have as many protections as a married couple as we can without a marriage license and as little state intervention and no family court is as we can do so um kind of you know libertarian married larry if it means also larry sharp is somehow involved i'm totally cool with that i think it is well i did, <laughs> didn't i just walk sarah daggers down the down the aisle recently yes, you did. yes, yes, you did. yes i guess i i'm the libertarian dad i guess now i don't know it's fine oh okay. it's george carpenter and larry sharp are the libertarian dads they just are I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. So look, I'm, I'm glad you're getting married. Awesome. I'm glad you're getting married. Awesome. I, I, I talk about this always, right? A constant piece I bring up. People often think that our movement, libertarian movement or liberty movement is about liberty or freedom or less government or all those things, but it actually isn't. What it actually is about is happiness. That's what it's about. Realizing that to be happy, I have to have less government. I have to have freedom. I have to have my ability to go out and do what I want when I want to do so. But but the liberty and the freedom part, that's a means to an end. The end is happiness. Now, for the hardcore libertarian, they often struggle with this because they go, no, it's about the, the philosophy and so-and-so. They have to realize something. There's a into rehab. That's voluntary entertainment. It's called joining the Marine Corps. That's voluntary entertainment. That's voluntary you know, getting rid of my rights. It's called being Amish. That's having voluntary socialism. That's called joining a church group or civil or civic association. Yes, these are ideas that sometimes people decide they want to not be as free as someone else might want to be, and that's fine. Yeah, that's every commune everywhere in the world in the history of forever. Absolutely, yes, and totally fine. As long as you can leave, awesome, awesome. And not just that, you'll change, right? 
Now you might think commune is awesome. And then 10, 10 years now you go, wow, that was dumb. Right? And you leave. And that's fine. That's good. You learned a lesson. You felt good. Life is good. So all good. I'm going to warn you, Larry, we have the worst comment section in our videos. You uh, will never freeze me from shit posting ever. You are wasting your time, Laura. <laughs> um, Guys, so I, I told everyone to be good tonight and to not, because sometimes we go off the rails with some um, sex positive talk that, that maybe doesn't play <laughs> too well to your audience. But yeah. um, I, I told my people here to be good, but our comment section cannot be controlled. It is too libertarian. I understand. Look, I will tell you one of our supporters, um, one of our monthly subscribers, uh, when, when I met him was brand new to the party and for many, many years prior, had been a card-carrying communist. Sure. And now he's a radical. Yeah. Well, I say this. People don't realize this. Again, it's another thing about libertarianism is too many think that um, that everyone comes from the right. Right. It's a, it's a common thought process that libertarians come from the right. Now, to be forward, in today's world, it is easier and faster to get people from the right. That's true. But we often get people from the left. The difference, though, is when people come from the left, they stay. They really do. Because as a general rule, when you find the average person who's a Democrat or who's more liberal or who's on the left who thinks Democratic Party is the right answer, it's not because they're bad or communist or socialist. It's because they want what they believe is good. The, the problem is they think the only way to achieve that is through government force. They can't imagine another way. When we show them there's a way to get what you want, the good that you want without government force, it's surprising how they actually all of a sudden begin to, oh, you know what? Libertarian is the right answer. That is the way to get good. And it, it, they really can become very strong activists. I agree. So we, we have to, we're just going to get this out of the way because we have to ask everybody, Larry, how do you feel about uh, nuclear power? Ah, uh, um, I am a big fan of the new technology. The old technology is a disaster, and that's why we have meltdowns and things of that sort. The new technology is amazing, and we should absolutely be using new technology. New, there's new technology now to where it is physically impossible for you to have a nuclear meltdown. Not just that new technology now you can actually use uh, to, to that use the fuel of spent fuel rods. So you're using spent fuel rods in nuclear power. Why wouldn't I want to do that? And it's the perfect stopgap until we can have an actual new green deal that would actually be real, not the fantasy people talk about now. That was the best explanation to what I've heard other people stumble around trying to explain. Larry's got them. Always. So, yeah, it, it, this comes from one of our um, regular. He, he's got to know Justin. You know Justin, right? O'Donnell? I do. Okay. So, either Justin is asking why I have clothes or no clothes on, and what does our guest feel about nuclear power? Yeah. Well, I gave you nuclear power. I'm not sure why you're wearing clothes, but I'm wearing a Larry Sharp t shirt. <laughs> In case Love you don't it. know my name. So, that's what I'm wearing. But is I don't know is, why you're wearing clothes. You can wear what you like, please. Is, uh, is it is that like when a band wears their own t-shirt? Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> How many times are you allowed to get no, away with that? Only if he's like all decked out. If he's got his shirt, his hat, his pin, and his shirt on, that's a bit much. But if you have one item, I think that's the rule. I do. My uniform is now pants, usually jeans, some kind of jacket, 
and a Larry Sharp t-shirt and I go out and yell at people. That's what I do. Here's the other thing for you people who haven't run for office. When you run for office as a libertarian, one of the things you wind up with a surplus of is t-shirts. And you know, you gave hours away to homeless shelters. Yeah. And soup kitchens. Soup kitchens are, are great places. Yep. We gave them all the homeless shelters. That's what we did in New York in Manhattan. So we did. Yep. We had a bunch left. And I still keep some and I usually will auction them up. I have about 10 or 20 left. And when I go to uh, other, when I go to other people who I'm raising money for, when I'm going to a convention, I'll sign and I'll auction them off as a way of raising money, right? What I'm always trying to do is our movement has a very bad culture in many ways. And one of the ways we suffer is we don't help each other very much. We don't have a culture of assisting each other. So I'm trying to break that and make a better culture by helping others. So I go out and I raise money for other people. You see, I raise money for California, raise it for Pennsylvania. Uh, so I'll go out and raise money for other people, other candidates in New York State, and I'll, I'll auction stuff off to make money for other people. So I'm trying to get other people to copy that. You even you even did that for that organization we used to work for, and we were very thankful. Yes. What was that? Uh, Roads to Freedom, is that right? Oh, yes, that's correct. I forget at this point. Do you guys not work for them anymore? No. I'm still there. What, what did I miss? What happened? Uh, just difference of I, I, I think it was goals. A lot of just growth and development right it, it was finding the right path um for the show and for us as a team and this was it okay yep um so this kind of leads to a question and we were, we were talking a little bit about this uh off the back of your campaign um how do i sorry i just lost my train of thought county party, no, county my, party. My, my campaign was purposefully supposed to be a springboard right that so, was the entire goal of it over everything else right i'm very happy that we got ballot access i am i'm proud that we got ballot access but i'm even prouder that we built out a policy library that didn't exist you can go to larrysharp.com anybody who's running libertarian please go to larrysharp.com look at my policy steal everything right when i was on joe rogan joe rogan at the end said larry you know whose ideas are those i'm like this it's me and my policy we put this all together and he's like, you gotta lock these ideas down. And I said, why? He goes, people will take them. And I said, good, take all of yeah. them. If you fix my state, I don't have to run again. That's amazing. Please take all my ideas. And I mean that for everybody. I actually want the, I want people to actually take the ideas that the policy team and I put together, right? I, I do want that. And, but not just that, I built out infrastructure, right? My team had at least seven directors and we had dozens of, of volunteers, hundreds if you go down to the ground level. These are all people now that know how to raise money, set up events, that do stuff. These are now potential new campaign managers for more people, right? I'm, uh, I'm against the idea, and I know many people disagree with me, that we should have a lot of libertarian candidates. I do not have this idea at all. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. And people love it all the time. Larry, we've got to have a lot of libertarian candidates. We like 800, 2,000 candidates. I think it's a terrible idea. And the reason is we don't have enough bodies and talent to support them. I don't want individuals running on their own. Here's the normal way libertarians run. I, I know liberty stuff. I'm going to give people an option or a choice. Nobody cares, but they say that anyway. Then they go run. They run by themselves because they don't know how to help anybody else out. They don't know how to ask anybody for help. They don't know how to build teams 
then they get overwhelmed or they get one person and they push everything on the one person. That person gets burned out. Then the LP can't help because the LP doesn't know how to help because there's no culture of helping out and no infrastructure to help out. Mm -hmm. Then the candidate collapses. Then a team collapses. And three months before the election, they all quit and they go, Libertarian Party sucks. They never run again. And now I've lost them. And anybody who gave money goes, look at that. I gave my money and I threw it in the garbage again. Another waste of my time. I don't want to give money anymore. And we have limited resources. This is a terrible idea. Now, the, the response is, but Larry, it's branding. That is a bunch of horseshit. People have no idea what Libertarian Party is because someone's name is on a, on a ballot. They don't know what that means. I'm obviously part of the Ooga Booga Party. Who the hell knows the hell that is? It means nothing. It is garbage. <laughs> But we yeah. still say so, it's, so I don't it's know. useless. Instead, I want fewer candidates with bigger teams that make real impact so that when people give money, they go, I'm glad I gave money because I saw impact even though I didn't see victory. I saw impact. With my God, campaign, you, you saw impact. Right, and guys, branding has to come from other places. Like, you are so smart. I didn't even think about that. If you want to have candidates to succeed, that starts with donors and underling, you know, people helping with the campaign. Holy shit. Yes. I always learn stuff when I listen to you and, and look, talk. Bring in the best branding that we can do. And 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 National has now launched kind of a campaign about this, right? The LP Everywhere campaign and competition. The best branding we can do is being active in our communities. That's the best passive marketing we can do. Put on your LP t-shirts and go clean up a park or feed the homeless or adopt a highway, right? Get out and passively market by being libertarians. By 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 modeling behavior that you want to see in others. Yes. Yeah, that's all you yes. have to do. And because of that, now the affiliate support committee has launched the LP Everywhere campaign. And whoever wins that, precinct party, county party, state party, any duly recognized affiliate. Whoever wins that gets a grand. There's a thousand bucks. I like it. I like it. I mean, a thousand bucks will help my county party. No, I agree. I love it. I so, totally agree. So, uh, Justin has a good point here. I want to see a campaign with Larry's infrastructure and messages. And then it got learn to use commas. Damn it. In a smaller <laughs> state than New York with a smaller electorate to reach and less geography to cover as a proof of concept. <laughs> And no one cares about New Hampshire. The, the the proof of concept is the only part that's wrong, Justin. I've, I've already proved it. I raised half a million dollars and got ballot access for the first time in New York State ever. So the concept's already proven. Now, oh, do, you, do you want to see more results? Yes, I agree completely. Do that in Rhode Island. Do that in at a local county level. Do that. Have that same kind of infrastructure and growth that we had. Yes. Look, the reality of it is, we had, there are four arenas you have to fight on and hopefully win at least three of them to win an election. The first one, social media. That one I actually won. And people say, well, social media doesn't matter. It's not true. It does matter. It's just not enough, right? By itself, you can't win an election. I'm proof of that. So you cannot win an election just on social media, but it does matter. That's one, one of four arenas. The second arena is traditional media. I lost that badly. I couldn't get good traditional media. I got decent traditional media, but at a local level. To your point, Justin, if I was running locally, I might have been able to win traditional media because I probably could have gotten local 
uh, media. I did get some good local media. So I did get some of that. So I think that's a great point. I could win that local media, traditional media. The next thing is debates. I didn't get in debates. If you have a local uh, guy, you might be able to get in debates, which helps tremendously, right? But I add debates also with polling. I put them together, right? To polling and debates. I couldn't get into polling because I didn't have enough money to buy a poll. Right. In a local election, no one's going to buy a poll because it's too cheap. So if you get enough money to buy a poll from a marketing company, every local company will pick it up because it will be the only poll. So local media will pick up that poll. I couldn't afford $40,000 to buy a Quinnipiac poll or to buy a Sierra College, a Sienna College poll. I couldn't do it. But locally, you get a marketing company to do it and a local newspaper would pick it up. That would make your polling slash debates, which I lost that also. And the last piece is events. I also lost events. I was doing very good events, but I had to get my events to over thousands of people in a state with New York with 18 million people in it. I had to get over thousands. I was never able to get past about 200 was about my max I was able, ever able to get. And it simply wasn't enough, right? I had to start filling stadiums and I just couldn't do that. And part of that was I didn't have enough money to do advertisement to fill those groups, to fill those areas. So it was a money issue on that also. But if you do that, now you start to rock and roll. And again, here's the biggest thing. If you are able to get people to events, you can get them to the polls, yeah. right? If they'll get out of their way and out of their time to show up to watch you speak or talk, they'll go to a polling booth, which is why we need candidates who will do event after event after event. I often would do three, four, five, six days in a row. I would do three to four events every day. I was doing a minimum of 30 events per month. That's how often I was doing events, and most of them I live streamed. <laughs> so uh, two two quick notes. Uh, first, Maria says hi. Hey, Maria. Uh, second, if you're watching us on a watch party, because there's dozens of those already, uh, if you want your comment to go to Larry or maybe come on screen, uh, it's Drunken Disorderly Liberty, so facebook.com slash Liberty. Yeah, uh, Justin, I'm not trying to silence you. Uh, she's totally trying to silence you, Justin. At least I am. <laughs> yeah, can we mute him for a minute or two? <laughs> so uh, you were talking in the pre-show a lot about um, their, uh, the candidates. You've gotten a bunch of candidates to, to come up kind of on the, the back of the success that you've built. Yeah. And a bunch of new county parties to come up. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Because to me, that's, that was yeah. the most important thing to come off of the back of you running. Absolutely, right? Prior to me running New York State, out of 62 counties, only had about 18 county organizations. It's about, about 18, a little bit less, about around 18. Um, and many of them weren't that even that active. So I went around and of course I crossed every single county, all 62, I touched every county. And now we're working on almost 40 of them. So hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have over 40 county um, organizations um, in, in, this, uh, in New York state. Why does that matter? Because we have to build infrastructure for 2022, infrastructure for 2020, infrastructure for 2021. We, what I found is as I crossed the state, when I went to counties that had no LP affiliate, it was tougher. It was harder. When I got to places that had an LP affiliate, if they were active, people were there already. People were actually there and they were sitting there and saying, hey, I'm ready for it. They had material out. They were taking names, signing sheets. Sometimes the press would show up. It was much better when I actually had effective LP people, LP personnel in the area. So if I build it out, you'll see that. But, but something else, from the LP organizations, that's where the candidates come from, 
right? Because they meet and join and go, I could run. And that's when you grab your campaign manager. That's where you grab your events coordinator. That's where you grab, you know, your uh, your fundraiser. You get them out of the LP affiliate. And that's already happening, right? We're doing, we have a uh, Katie Martin running in Utica. We've got Dwayne Whitmer running in Western New York. We've got Chase Takash running also in uh, in Western New York. We've got a lot of people running already. We've got Deborah Altman who won here in New York City. That was a big deal. I mean, yeah. it's already happening, right? So these are people yeah. who, who all of them were on my campaign, right? They all were on part of my campaign. I was at Katie Martin's uh, hosted two of my fundraisers, right? So this is all people that saw me do it, saw it could be done. They're using my people. And I'm saying, happily, please use my people. Please do that. I want you to. That's why I'm, I'm helping to build the infrastructure out. So you can use them and we can begin to grow. Hey, uh, refresh my memory. Is uh, Whitmer, is that who's coming on next week? Uh, Aaron, uh, something's wrong with your mic. Let me look. I, yeah, I think I, that name sounds familiar. So I think that's our guest next week, everyone. So you can come here about. He's how running for Congress in Western New York and the advantages. It's a very red area. However, the guy who's there and will probably run is actually indicted for corruption and he's still yeah. running. <laughs> But isn't that like a plus in New isn't York to be indicted for corruption? No, for, for as a Democrat, not Republicans. Oh, okay. No, no. Remember, we're, <laughs> we're a blue state. We're a blue state, so the corrupt party is the one in charge. Gotcha. Yes. That's better. Yeah. Weird feedback? I think that was actually Dre's mic. You know her mic does that weird shit. Sorry, we're back. We got this. Um so sorry that that really threw me off so you've got a, a red area with a really weak red candidate yeah um and someone who worked on your campaign who actually who's now has all that experience of working on a good campaign and he's grabbed people for his team who were on my team in western new york right part mm -hmm. of my western new york team is now his team mm -hmm. awesome that was the whole point that's what i wanted yeah he's, he's running a good campaign he is he's running a campaign he's showing up He's doing stuff. He's shaking hands and kissing babies. He's meeting people at fairs like you're supposed to do. Yes. Yep. So, and you know, that can't be overstated because while I was like, I was helping your campaign some with editing. At the same time, I was taking all the stuff I was learning from Zach and trying to apply it to a candidate in South Dakota. So it was like, right. I still <laughs> couldn't get there with him in person, which really sucked and it hurt us a lot. But. <laughs> I was doing his social media and I was going on like uh, news stories and commenting as him trying to generate buzz. He hit every stinking festival in yep. South Dakota because South Dakota is a one congressional seat. Yep. So it's basically a statewide election Absolutely. and he hit yeah. everything. Yep. And he, um, I forget what his vote total was, but it was way above uh, Gary's vote total in that state. And that's the point that, that look, people will tell you that we have to focus heavily on things like, you know, the things we say, I mean, what the, what, the, what the party says and the platform, these are all important things. And I'm not against any of these things. They're all important, right? The, 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 the uh, announcements we make, all important, I agree. But the number one thing that brings people to our movement is an individual who they hear say something, right? That guy in South Dakota brought more people to our movement than anything the local LP could have done because that person went out and talked to people. They they had two uh, county chapters in South Dakota. I think they have five now. 
Bingo! They doubled they, it. They actually didn't have a. St- I remember because they were trying to get their state party off the ground because we were had to take them into Region Six. I remember that. I'm remembering. I'm old. I'm sorry. So, so great question right here. Yeah, and I've yeah, absolutely do it. So during the Johnson this, campaign, do, do you see it, Larry? Yeah, let me see. Uh, so I am a campaign manager again, Ricky Estrada for mayor of Menifee, California. In this area, they are big on fitness. I was just doing a 5K walk charity event. Your thoughts, open question, I direct to one person. Um, do not, no, don't, don't do it just to do it. No, it has to be an event or don't do it. Don't just do it. If you're gonna do it, do it with three or four or five people together, all wearing his t-shirt, do the run together, have someone uh, right. uh, know it, right? Do it, at, have him start, have him finish, have someone video it, have someone, ca- a, a camera with him, Two or three cameras if you can. If One of those big banners. Event, yes. If you just do it, no. He, he'd be better off doing something else. I'm yeah. wondering if he's saying that they want to put on a, like, I guess, because I, I took that differently. Like, is he saying that they want to put on a, a 5K? So, look, during the Johnson Well campaign, we did both. We hosted a couple, and then Gary participated in a couple because, as you all know, Gary is a pretty solid athlete. So oh, a big yeah. part of his life and a big part of who he is. Um, I mean, he's somebody not Everest with a broken leg. He did that. Yep. So yeah, he did both and both work, but just like Larry said, it has to be an event either way. If you're hosting it, you're hosting this charity event, you have to make it an event. Don't half-ass that event. Put a lot of energy and a lot of resource into it. So if you can't afford to do that, don't host. Oh, and- so we're talking about hosting. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I thought it was about just doing it. I, I apologize. I misunderstood the question. If he's talking about just doing the event, I don't have a problem doing an event. Again, make it an event, your team comes. If you're hosting the event, that's a big decision to make. Yeah. There's a lot of money, time, energy yeah. going in on into that event. If this is this becomes the uh, idea of how much money do you have, right? If you've got a bunch of if you've got a bunch of um if you've got a bunch of other options available, this may not be the right one. I would right. rather join another one where someone else is spending the time and money and instead pay to be there. Often they'll have a sponsorship, right? So you can sponsor the 5K, so-and-so. Have your campaign sponsor the event so that you can have T-shirts or whatever the case may be and pay the whatever thousand dollars it is. Right. It'll be a lot cheaper than doing it your own way. And um, if, if someone else is doing it, they might get press. You won't. We also found that there are organizations that do that, right? Fitness tracker organizations Absolutely. and all these great things online. And a lot of them will come to you if you just start participating as a team. Um, a lot of them will start reaching out to you and wanting to, to help your campaign. And that tended to work better for the Johnson Wealth campaign. There we go. There we go. So it's always got to be an event because what you're trying to achieve here, and you know this, Zach, you always want to be able to create content for social media. Yep. Right? You want to be able to constantly create content, 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 content that you that your, your team can and, break up and put into two minutes for this, 10 minutes for and, that. And you don't know what's gonna blow up. That's correct. Right. right. We've had like the most odd results in um you know uh, statistics our social media, some stuff does great and we have no idea why and some stuff tanks and we have no idea why and the algorithm is great for a while and then for a while it seems like we're shadow banned. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. So you have to stand up. I want to go give you guys two separate pieces to, to social media here that go against what a lot of people think. Um, 
a lot of people think, and I see it constantly throughout campaigns, that we have to make sure that we control the narrative like there's no tomorrow. Let's make sure we see what we're posting and making sure that we review it before it goes up. And let's make sure we have a good plan, blah, blah, blah. I'm completely against that. I want people to just put stuff up. And if it's bad, let's apologize. Let's pull it down if we need to. I rarely pull things down. I leave it up. People get mad, they get mad. I would rather have people roll the dice and put it up because here's the reality. When you are winning, don't gamble. When you're losing, gamble. We need to lose worse. We're already losing. Toss the dice. Yes, roll the dice. Put it out there. Many, many times. And if you are on my team, Zach, you know, I had no idea what was going up on my social media. None. I would look at it and be like, wow, yeah. I, I said that? I'm brilliant. I had no idea I was that smart. And I, I, I guess I said that. Whatever. There'd be some quote I didn't even say. My name would be by it. Whatever. Great. Yeah, it's amazing. I, you know, Zach, I people responded. Chats. Like, did, did he actually say that? And we're... I don't know it came from a fan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No idea. You know, uh, uh, look, Zach McClanahan was my, my top media guy. And he would just put stuff up. He'd be like, you go. Do stuff. People put stuff up. Okay. As a general rule, I never took stuff down. Every time I took something down, I regretted it. Every time. Every I time I backed down. Every time my team, my team, my team made a lot of mistakes. A lot. I did too. When I say team, I mean me too. But one thing I never did is I never fired anybody for incompetence, ever, because I wanted them to grow. I wanted them to make mistakes, learn, so the next time they'd be better. I always assumed that they would get better. And almost everyone did. Some people didn't. But almost everybody did. And so they knew that if they tried something and they failed, they weren't going to be fired for it. They weren't going to be scolded for it. They'd be like, okay, it's an error. Fix it. Make it better. Fix it. And I'm a big fan of that for our movement. We have to be able to open up and have people just go out there and roll the dice. Because to your point, we don't know what's going to hit, what's not going to hit. You don't know. I want to get back to something you said earlier about not running a ton of candidates. Because I've said that for a long time, too. I think it's so much more important to run strong candidates in the yep. right races. And you have to cherry pick those races. We saw that in Oklahoma with John Yider's race. Over 41% of the vote. Um, because he picked the right race, statewide race. It was a ballot access securing race. Yeah, We've but got to pick I'm the not race. even concerned about the race. I'm concerned about the team. Oh, let, you, let me you, tell you my feeling on this. And this, and again, people think I'm crazy when I say it, but here's what I'm going to say. If you want to run, right? I want to run. I'm going to do this thing. Remember something. You're not doing me a favor. Let me be clear about that. You're not doing me a favor. Yeah. Right? Run if you can run. Don't think you're helping me by wasting my time and energy. You're not helping me, right? You're not doing me a favor. Here's what you think about by running. One, can you take at least the, the equivalent of at least three days off during the week to actually campaign? Whether that's right. nighttime, weekend, I don't care. The equivalent of three days. If you go, Larry, I got a family, then don't run. Mm -hmm. Larry, I got a business. Don't run. You're not doing me a favor. Don't run. If you can't take at least three days off to do it, don't run. Not just that. Can you build a team of at least three people? If you can't, don't run. Because here's the issue. Remember, the Libertarian Party is growing. We're going to start winning soon. And when we win, we have to have a team full of people who can actually govern with us, who can do stuff. If you can't build a team now, you can't build a team then. We're going to hire a bunch of Republicans and Democrats. 
No, build the team. Larry, I don't know how to do that. Then don't run. No worries. Not just that. Can you take an emotional punch in the face and get back up? Yep. If you can't, don't run because it's going to happen. Yep. Can you take people blatantly and openly and obviously lying about you publicly, mm -hmm. making stuff up, complete lies? You can't take that. You're going to get mad. Don't run because that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Not just that. Can you take a direct knife in the back from people who are supposed to be your friends and helping you? And can you then pull that knife out of your back and say, I believe this is your property? You back to him. If no hard feelings. I'm still going to be here. If you can't do that, then don't run because that's going to happen. You are going to get backstabbed by libertarians who are mad or upset at you for some stupid reason, who decided to be petty and angry. They're going to stab you in the back take a massive dump all over you publicly and you'll be able to go, okay, and move on. Clearly libertarians do don't things, do that. Then run. If you can't do those things, please don't run. Do not do me a favor. So I can see that happening with a lot of people, right? A lot of different candidates. I blows my fucking mind that it happened to you of all people, Larry. And I know that you knew going in what you were doing yep. and that that was going to happen. You've said that many, many times from the beginning of your campaign. You knew exactly what was going to happen. It happened. It still blows my mind because you... I think that you, you know, exemplify our 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 our... our our values and our, our lines of everything so perfectly that I don't see how anyone could disagree with you on well, that. Thank you. But they you know find what, I tell you, what I will tell you too, is that um, the part of it that shocks me the most is that shockingly, Larry and I have disagreed on policies and ideas and plans before. I know everybody's shocked, um, but every time I've said something that Larry thought, what the hell? he would send me a message or text me or call me. And every time I thought Larry said something that I was like, what the hell? I would get a hold of him. Or maybe it would just be when we saw each other, I'd be yeah. like, hey, that thing you said, what the hell, Larry? And he'd be like, whoa, Aaron, listen, right? And vice versa. I never had any problem. This is how reasonable adults interact. It's <laughs> easy to communicate with. So like, I yes. And I see people going, no, he's hard to communicate with. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm usually an asshole, and if I'm okay communicating with you, <laughs> what does that make you, man? If you're having a problem, okay. this is the this is just remember, right? We we have 45 years of failure. 45 years of failure means that a lot of average people have left, and we have a lot of bitter, angry people who remain. Not just that, we've been winning we've been winning arguments and losing elections for 45 years, so we're good at arguing. So we argue. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we fight over little things all the time. What I say all the time is, you know, we worry about principles so much it sometimes hurts us in this one way. When I say something, right, and someone doesn't like it, it's very common for someone to go, well, I gotta say something. No, you don't. You don't have to say anything. You can just say nothing. You don't have to. Now, if you tell me you want to, that's different, but you made a choice. You chose to say but not just that. You don't have to shit on me publicly. You could just DM me or you could email me or yep. ask someone. You could. You're choosing to go public. And yep. then it's such a choice you make. Make better choices, people. And But then they do this. Well, you know, I'm talking truth to power. No, you're not. We're not in power. Shut up. You're not talking to the power. You're being a self-righteous asshole. That's <laughs> what you're doing. You're not talking to the power. 
right? Well, I got over my principle. No, you're being a self-righteous asshole. That's what you're doing. You're you're validating your bad behavior under principle or power or whatever you've told you've agreed to to, to, to make to, to tell yourself that that's why you're doing it. But no, in reality, you've decided to be a jerk and you're trying to validate your bad behavior. Instead, just be open and be a jerk. I'm okay with it. You have a right to be a jerk if you want to. Just yep. don't validate it and think that you're you're being a good person. You're not. It, you're being a jerk. In my uh, basically just an opinion, and I have nothing super scientific to base this on. 75% of the time when someone says they're be just being rational, they're being completely irrational and trying to rationalize it to themselves. I mean, usually yeah. if I say that, that's exactly what it is. It's my own cognitive dissonance, right? Yes. And then two or three months later, you go, oh, shit. Because that's the bitch about libertarianism, right? Is that once you see it, and it comes in waves, but once you see it, you can't unsee it. And then right about the time you're almost comfortable with what you just thought, kaboom, next wave. We're back, we're back to shake you up. That's how it works. No, I agree. I agree. Pete Clark, who took a shit on Larry in the last election? Who didn't? Yes, exactly. Yes. 100%. Yes. You know, then, I didn't yes. see it. And it, it makes me sick that it happened, Larry. And was it on social media? Was it in public? Was that it was how all of the above? Yes, it was everywhere. Yes, all over. It's fine. Look, I, as I told you, I knew it was going to happen. What bothered me most, though, uh, really what did bother me most is, is the team, right? It hurt the team because people really busted their rump and to get dumped on it made them feel bad, which is why I'll sometimes be aggressive against them. Not because me, I actually don't care, but. I, I want to defend my team because I want them to keep going, right? Yep, One of the reasons right. why I'm not stopping while I'm still doing this, while I'm still supporting others, while I'm still doing events, while I'm still putting out, by the way, The Sharp Way, which would be my radio show coming up, sharpway.com, the Sharp Way Larry Sharp Facebook page. So yes, why I'm doing that is to show that we have to have a culture of staying in the party and still moving forward, right? Just because someone loses doesn't mean the, the ball game's over. They don't have to leave the party Right, yeah, because right. they've lost, right? And we do that. Other people don't, but somehow we do, right? One of the reasons why I wanted to be the VP in 2016 is because I knew that once the election was over, they would all go away, which is why after the election, I made not telling people I was going to run for something. I was trying to hold the momentum because the problem is we don't have a lot of missions. We don't have a lot of talent in the party. We, I'm trying to get more of it. We don't have that much talent, so we don't have a mission. So as soon as the mission goes away, what do we do? We start eating our own. We start fighting internally. It's what we do. So I wanted to create a mission. It's one, reason why I, one of the reasons why I announced so early, right, was to create a, a mission again. People get back on board and go again and do something. And I'm trying to get others to jump on board so we have a mission again, right? I want to have a mission for us so we don't fight each other. So instead, we all stay focused on the goal. Well, so and the reason that... I like my my wanting to do this, what we're doing here, and I, I think it's probably fairly similar to some of your motivations is um, not only do we need the mission, but we need to get out of just politics mm -hmm. and and get into culture. Yes, because we libertarians suck at culture. They're so bad at it. And yeah. that's what, like we always talk about, you know, we're the we're the fun podcast that you don't want to tell your mom about, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. Um, I mean because no one, like, look, there's a lot of other libertarian podcasts. Everyone's got one, and none of them talk like, you know, it, it's this kind and of. And I've dry... been on almost all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. 
<clears throat> Look, I get that we're not everybody's cup of tea, and I am really okay with that. Um, and and I think if you're gonna be content at any time in your life, you kind of have to start learning that for yourself. Um, everybody doesn't have to like you. Yeah, you know, it's it's really it's threefold. It's really about respect, right? Yeah. The, the 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 reality is you can be as left or as right as you want to be in our party as long as you respect the other, right? That's the issue. What what's actually changed? If you look at our our national politics, right, as a whole, the the actual policies of Democrats Republicans have changed tremendously, right? If you look at you go back ten years ago, Democrats wanted a wall. And Republicans like, we can't afford one. That was 10 yes. years ago. Now it's swapped, mm -hmm. right? It's completely swapped. Think, think about a, a Reagan Republican versus a Bush Republican versus a Trump Republican. Oh or my God. A Carter Democrat versus a Clinton Democrat versus an Obama Democrat. Totally different, right? Totally different. But, but what's changed? A lack of respect, right? Now we don't even talk to the other anymore. If you look at it since, I, my, my head goes to officially since the second term of Obama. The second term of Obama actually began to where we totally openly stopped talking to the other side and Trump just doubled down on what on what was started during the, the second Obama campaign. Right. Once. The, and it's still now. No one's trying to cross the aisle. No one's trying to get the middle ground. They're trying to get their people to get out. Right. The right is saying the Trumpsters got to get out. More of the Trumpsters get out. We win. And the left is saying get more of the left out. If they got out, then we win. They're not saying let's get the other one. Since the second term of Obama, the president is not the president of America. This idea of only one America, that's gone away. And it's because of only one thing, a lack of respect for the other. If you know, we, we begin to respect people, then things will begin to change. And we are the only third way. We are the only way to make that happen is the liberty movement. The liberty movement is the only way of, of success in this, in this nation. Think about this. What happens if Trump wins in 2020? I think he will. I think yes. he will. Right? But hold on. What happens, what, if, if? what happens if he loses? Yeah, either way, it's bad. There's yeah. no good answer, right? If he wins, Democrats will go, it's the Russians, right? Of course. If he loses, Republicans will go, it's the deep state. No matter what, whoever wins in 2020 is by default illegitimate. Yep. yep. It's irrelevant who it is. Unless it's a libertarian. What if, what if it's that Dan That is correct, Burnham, my dear. Yes, the only answer is a liberty movement. That is the only answer. Well, and, you know, recently we've been talking about, um, you know, we look at Trump and we look at the tweets and we look at the, the just absolute garbage that he says, right, that makes us go, oh, my God, does your ass ever get jealous of the shit that comes out of your mouth? We all see all of this. Um, but the other thing that that at least the three of us have been seeing is this pattern of just how brilliantly Trump manipulates people. Well, they fall for it every time and he doesn't even have to put much out. He puts a little crumb well, and they're let like, me, let me, let me explain right? this real quick because a lot of people aren't, aren't going to see it immediately. So Democrats are having an internal fight between the four crazy, the four crazy socialists and Pelosi. And there it's, causing kind of this fracture in their party and then trump tweets uh attacking the four crazy socialists and the democrats all circle around them and protect them and at first it looks like a blunder because he united the democratic party except he united the democratic party around the four least liked congress people that they have 
including AOC, whose um, positive rating is like 6%. Her right. own district fucking hates her. And now all the Democrats have to go out there and defend the worst people in their party. And it's Rudy. in the news over and over. And he laughs it to the bank. Because we, like, at this point, we're numb to the shit he says. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, but I got to tell you, the, the actual plan the Democrats have put together is actually a bold plan. It really is. The, the, the sad part is the individual Democrats haven't figured this out. And they've learned nothing, right? They still they still think that it's about you know let let's worry about you know uh, 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 Medicare for all because that's all anyone cares about. That's the only answer, right? That's that's their concept, right? Yeah. But here's the reality: the, the overall goal is a good one, right? They have 24 whatever it is, 20 candidates. The concept they're trying to achieve is they micro-target all these different people with all different issues. They gather all the data from all 2024, 20, 25, whatever that is. As it begins to close down, they hope that they all jump together and eventually whoever the nominee is, which we they hope is a guy like Biden, that the, the establishment wants someone like him, right? Because that mm -hmm. person, a Biden type, can pick up never Trumpsters, right? However, an AOC type can't pick those up, right? Mm -hmm. You get an AOC type, the never Trump Republicans vote Trump. You get a Biden type, the never Trump Republicans go, ah, oh, Biden, he's he's... He's kind of, he's neutral enough. He's not scary enough. I, I would go with him. They'll pick up some of them. But their also hope is they'll have all the data they require, a bunch of people who've given small amounts. Note what they're, the way of getting in the, in the um, election, uh, getting in the um, debates is. Small amounts from lots of people. That's on purpose. They hope that small um, donations will become large ones when they get their guy at the end and all those people get together and through technology, they'll raise more money than Trump. And those people will then show up at the polls and will then beat Trump with numbers. I'm not saying this will work, but if it does work, it's brilliant. It, they'll beat Trump. If they don't just like this, they have no shot at beating Trump. Right. This is the only way to beat Trump. Mm -hmm. And they're trying it at least. Now, in 2016, it didn't work. The Bernie bros did not go to Hillary. It did not work in 2016. Well, it's because it Hillary is like, they... They did not understand how terrible of a candidate she was to anyone right. who wasn't just a hardline Democrat. Yeah, well, I, no, no, I agree. Yeah. It, it did not work. But it, it might work this time. I don't know. It's still a bold plan, and I think it's the only way to beat Trump. If it works, they'll win. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about this before. What was the left thinking with Hillary fucking Clinton? What were you thinking? They weren't. You could have literally nominated. They could have nominated a stuffed moose. And done better than Hillary fucking Clinton. Aaron, please don't try to pretend that they had any choice. This bitch bought, bullied, and killed her way into that seat. Okay, that's that she true. Knows. That's true. <laughs> no, Let's not act people like do not mysteriously people. die around Hillary Clinton. You stop it. <laughs> I mean, somebody seriously draw me um, a really cool little little cartoon of Hillary Clinton as a hentai character. DM me that. I need that in my life. Hey, we said we'd be nice to Larry's audience. Stop it. <laughs> oh, I forgot what was going on here for a second. So uh, I want to kind of go no, no, back the, to the New York. The audience that doesn't like you already got off. It's fine. Okay. Right. <laughs> Giggity. They're not uh, watching anymore. <laughs> everybody, everybody walked away. Okay, so I want to I want to hit specifically on, because um, we just talked about her a little bit. You, I've heard you say before the AOC is your district. 
She is. She is absolutely. She's my congressperson. She is. So, and I, I like sorry. that you're not running again right away because I don't like, I like you too much to want you to do that. Is, is there some, a libertarian running in that race? No, and there shouldn't be. She's unbeatable here. She's unbeatable. Think, yeah. Unbeatable I think she's going to get primaried. Maybe, but then she'll still be, she'll win the primary. Uh, look, the reality of it is, look, I ran because I wanted to have impact. Mm-hmm. When I run, I ask a lot of the people around me, and many of you will help me out. You gave me money. You gave me time. You gave me energy. You did a lot of stuff for free. Many people did. I did stuff for free. If I'm going to sacrifice that and ask that of you, then I want impact. I got impact in New York. It was completely worth it. We got ballot access. We got we got policy library. We got a, a team. We got Oblix Gold, which is an, another now a lobbying firm that's going to be working for us. We have tons of things that are going on. It was a complete and total victory in that regard. I'm very happy. We got tons of candidates that are running now. Totally worth it. You can see the impact that it made. It was worth the money. If I run again, people will want to give me money again. If I run against AOC, I will lose and I will make no impact and I will waste time, money, and energy. No, thank you. Not worth it. When I run again, I will only run if I can make impact. So I can happily say, Give me money, give me time, because it's an investment, and you will go, I'm glad I supported that guy. So I now never want to run just to run. So now that you say that, um, what are the odds? Because and, and know that I think this is a very winnable race for you, um, and the financial investment would be far less than any other race you're going to run. So what are the odds that we can talk you into running for chair at the 2020 convention in Austin? I'm not against it. I'm not against it. The uh, the only issue would be um, it depends on how well the sharp way goes, right? Because the the sharp way means if I can run the sharp way, I can run that on the road. If that makes any sense, right? The sharp way for you that we just knew is my new radio show that I'm coming out. My my target date is the 24th of July to start my first show. This is a show I can run on the road. If I can yeah. run the show on the road, then I would do the chair as a full time job. Doing it as a part-time job is not valuable. It just isn't. It doesn't make any sense. But I could do it as a full-time job. If I could do it as a full-time job running the short way on the road, then I could gr- literally grow the party. I could triple it in two years. I mean, not even joking, because I would just do it full-time. I'd be all over the place. I would be in every party. I would help build out every state. I would help. Be- I'd, be in the pre- I'd be in the press every single week, because I already have a team right now that puts me in the press now. So I'd be in the press every week. It'd be a full-time job. I would absolutely do it. But I have to be able to support my family while doing it. That's the issue. So if the sharp way is successful and I'm making good money, yes, I would do it. Of course. Why so would not? Tell us, tell us and our listeners, all our viewers and all our listeners on the audio podcast version later, how do we help you make that happen? Patreon.com yes. slash sharp way. That's it. Patreon.com slash sharp way. Is that live already? That is already live. Go right now if you want to. Join my Patreon, support me monthly, and I'm happy to run for chair. Happy to. If I, if look, all I need to do is be able to support my family. If I can support my family, then I'll run shortway. The advantage of running shortway on the road is I'm going to be, be creating a lot of content as the LNC chair. Yep. Right? Which gets more people out there. So full time is everything. I do full time. I can support whoever our president candidate is. I can support local candidates. I can physically show up to raise money for whoever's running for governor, senator. 
I could spend literally a week. Like I did it when I was running running for a governor. I could spend a week in any given state. Just spend a week there and, and support whoever's you running. You were here and, twice. Yes, yep. I was there twice because you asked me to go there and I showed up. here twice. Um, and, I would, and I raised money both times. Both times. Both times and I would do it again. Amazing at raising money, Larry. And the ways that you have taught us how to do it and how what the rules are and what works best. Like it's it doesn't seem that complicated, but you've got it down. And I think that I, I appreciate that about you. And look, I'm a I'm a trainer. That's what I do for my daily life. I train. So I'm happy to go to every single state affiliate and train them how to run their affiliates. I don't have a problem doing that. So I absolutely would do it. But I just have to be able to make enough money to actually make that happen. But I would do it, sure. So this is awesome. awkward because well, I was just about to, to plug our little. Uh, also, go give us money on Anchor, anchor.fm slash Ozaraptor. Like, give us a dollar and give Larry like 50 a month. Like, Larry's it's, link is, is hovering. You'll see it. Yeah. I, I, so yep. the, it's the more important thing, let's be honest. So, um, did I answer your question, Aaron? Yeah. Good. Okay. Is it is it cool if we stream your first episode, like as a watch party? For sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Because um, I didn't know that you were even considering running for chair. I thought that that was off the off the table, and I'm really excited to hear that. No, I would. Again, it's 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 not that I'm against it. Look, I'm good at this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm good at. I'm good at leading. I'm good at teaching. I'm good at training. I'm good at it. It's fine. Yes. Happy to do that it. was actually a thing I learned from Larry, too. It's like, if you really need somebody's help or you really want somebody to do something, just ask them. Yes. I do it a lot. I do it a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, someone, lot. Someone's asking, um, do you have, well, I'm going to rephrase this in a much, I, I feel, more respectful way. Uh, what's your goal for your Patreon? A lot. <laughs> I don't know, a lot. Look, I, I make money other ways also, right? If I make enough money that I don't have to do as much as my normal work. I'm a trainer, what I do. Like, I, if you, if any, those of you follow me, I'll be doing <laughs> trainings and I do training for New York City, Department of Buildings. I do individual companies. I'll travel sometimes. I do stuff in, uh, I do stuff in California, San Francisco, London. I'll go off and do training. I train people on leadership usually, also sales, stuff like that. I do uh, individual coaching for law firms and for and for other um, accounting firms. So I do a lot of training. So if I'm doing this, I can do less training, which means I can travel more. So there isn't really a number, but if it's an if I can't if I don't make much money, then I have to spend all my time here training in New York City or someplace else. But if I don't, then even better. I can only hope one day I sit down on any sort of training session that you provide, Larry. Well, I, I, I actually give them some of them away online. If you look, I did one in a short way. I did a recently one. Uh, it's uh, about an hour I did in Minnesota on, on, on entrepreneurship. Amazing. Uh, so that's not relevant to our interests right now. <laughs> yeah, if, if you go right. to the short way uh, Facebook page, that video was there. And another one okay. on the future of leadership that I did at the high school. And I'm going to produce another one that's coming up. I forgot. It's on the future of uh, of of school in general. I did at a college. Well, and there you're you're the keynote speaker at all kinds of group events and outside. Well events. I know you've been a keynote speaker at Toastmasters events, at at all different types of community events. Yep. Um, you speak everywhere. You help people everywhere. Absolutely. 
Whatever, if he, and then I do it. And people ask to go, yes, very often. Justin's been kind of whining all night about having to run again. So I, I figured I'd throw one of his comments up here. Uh, Justin is still looking for help on his campaign. Someone, someone in New Hampshire, go help him out. What is he running for? You know, I, I didn't know he was running until he started talking tonight about it. So I don't know. I, I thought he was taking the cycle off. Post it. Type it in, Justin. Give us a link. If, um, if so someone else has been talking about uh, open source liberty. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've heard about that. Do any of you three know what they're talking about? Because I really don't. So I've open, never heard open source liberty. Um, there's a, a Facebook group for open source liberty. I don't know if this is the same open source liberty that these guys are talking about. And there are a lot of people in there who have worked different campaigns and run for different offices who tend to share best practices. Um, now, I have not visited that group in a really long time. So if they've turned into something different, <coughs> that's the only experience I've had with an open source liberty group on, on Facebook. Oh, Justin is running for Senate. So uh, that's, a, that's a big race. O'Donnell 2020. Here, I'll flash it up for him. There. Yeah, if you're a candidate and you're running for office, please DM us or message us at the page um, with some links. Yeah, we'll help yeah, you out. We're, looking, we're trying to expand, so we need more guests. So, but so, if you want to come on the show, let us know. Yeah, so kidding, we have, we have taken an hour of your time, sir, and I know that it's later Thanks. there on the East Coast. It is. Uh, thank you very much for joining us and for being an awesome guest as always. Uh, plug your stuff one more time on the way out, please. It's the Sharpway Facebook page, sharpway.com, sharpway Twitter, and of course, patreon.com slash sharpway. And that's sharp with an E, and the E stands for entertaining. <laughs> so I have to ask, just, just on a, a personal level, is Missy still doing your Twitter? Uh, yes, I did draft her. I drafted her. She does my Sharpway Twitter now. She oh. is the best person on Twitter I have ever seen in my life. Missy is a wonderful person, period. Right, right. No, that too. She is just, she's resilient. She's smart. She's caring. She has problems with pigeons, though. She is um, amazing. I will never put a pigeon at, uh, uh, around her than ever. Perfect. <laughs> no, guys, Missy's yes. a rock star. She, she is. 100%. Yes. So, yeah. And, oh. and on that shout out, uh, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, Larry, when I hit stop on this, it's going to kick everyone out. So, I'm not being rude. No worries. All right. Thank, thank you everyone you for joining us. Thank you, Larry. We'll see you all next thank week. Thank you.